Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Please remain calm. There is no need for alarm. This space is now being taken over by Hillbilly Broadcast. Broadcast. Is this thing on, Cannon? I can never get enough volume, Phil. Never get enough volume. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend. Gone. I haven't heard this in a long time. <laughs> well, it's been a while since you've been on one. I have. I've uh-huh. been busy. I'm Absolutely. making you money so you can buy all this equipment. That's my master plan. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what it is. Tonight, I have Miss back on. we got Cannon Mariah, and we are joined tonight by a very special guest, Yvonne Dodger. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. So, you reached out to me a while back. And uh, mentioned uh, or expressed interest in coming in on the podcast telling your story. Um, mm-hmm. Now, first of all, you got some family connections that uh, you may or will. Uh, how do I want to go? Let me stutter around a little yeah, bit more for ahead. a minute. Uh, you know where you want to go with that. First of all, your dad, your your dad is who? Jim Sutherland. I want to say right off the top, Jim Sutherland. I always thought was one of the coolest guys. Uh, Kane and me and you were around him a lot. Yeah. Clinton Camp. And there were times oh, yeah. at Clinton that um, there were some people that weren't fans of ours. <laughs> I don't know There's why. Some people that aren't fans of yours. Yeah. Listen, he had a lot of he had a lot of experience with kids that weren't everybody's favorite. <laughs> Me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say too. All right, you liked him though too because he was able to understand like you weren't meaning to be destructive or anything you were just being kids playing jokes at clinton yeah. camp okay, let me tell us let me let me yeah. t- let me tell you a little story here so okay, here's a little yeah, story time story time um <laughs> we were at clinton camp and um there's always a tradition there of pulling pranks oh yeah all right this people, actually, camp. people yes, were lighting camp, the right. backyard oh, yeah. on fire like there's no, so no, many minute, things not, that they were not, <laughs> this was not <laughs> mrs lying pranks and destruction are not the same <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Mrs. Misrepresenting what happened. No, so, I wasn't saying you. I was saying that was uh, what people were doing. They didn't do that, did they? Yes, they did. They set the back yeah, of the... Yeah, years ago. Yes. Did they, they really? Thank I, you very Chuck much, Kanan. Chuck, Chuck Beatty was the one that was a big part of that. Yeah! <laughs> See, started it. Here we go. Yeah. What the heck? Oh, Chuck. And, and, and dude, <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. I like Chuck, and, too. And Oh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that went on back here in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. that they wanted to keep under wraps. Yes. Yes. Because they knew we would be encouraged to do more than we did. <laughs> I actually remember Clinton Camp. I went there when I was a little girl. Did you really? Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. And I about had a shouting spell. 
All right. Yeah. I was I was little. I was sitting right beside Penny Ford, uh-huh. the Victor Trio. I think Mary was on the other oh, side yeah. of me. Yep. Yeah. And oh, yeah. she would just she would tickle my arm, you know. I was mm-hmm. her favorite person in the world, Penny's. And um, <laughs> not Judy's. Not Judy's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, the Victor Trio loved me. But the reason I about had a shouting spell is it was an afternoon service. And for whatever reason, we weren't having kids. So maybe it was a Sunday. I don't know. Uh-huh. But all of a sudden, I felt a tickle on my arm. It's an outdoor tabernacle. Mm. Or it's an open tabernacle. Yep. And I looked down, and it looked like a freaking palmetto bug to me from Florida. But I'm sure <laughs> it was just a stink bug. <laughs> but as a four-year-old, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And I start screaming, <laughs> and my mom's like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Matt it off and squashed it. But, oh, my goodness. I'm like, oh. <laughs> So, so I have an experience with Penny Ford. Um, the day that I okay. walked in to the church that you saw me and I saw you. At their Clinton camp? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She saw me and she like pulled me aside after the service and she went, you're one of those BMC girls. <laughs> I don't know. I'd never met her one day in my so is life. BMC, is BMC Bible Missionary? Yes, Bible Missionary Church. Okay. Um, so I wasn't super aware of every single denomination out right. there. I was, but I wasn't. You probably wouldn't have known about them anyways. The horse and buggy probably gave it away. Oh you my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that whole situation, the BMC did not associate with that. In fact, we uh, were looked down upon because we associated with other denominations. Okay. Um, my okay. parents, that was one thing, one strike against my parents, because um, if they would have raised us right, I wouldn't have married another CHM boy. I would have married into the Bible Missionary Church. So that, that's another story completely. But yeah, she pulled me aside. She was like, we love the BMC. And I'm like, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Uh, yes. So the reason I, I was talking about you, Dad. Uh, we, we all went out one night and we did a, a litany, a plethora of things. Uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we snuck around like SEAL Team 6. We were very proud of ourselves. I can remember. I believe I remember hearing about this. <laughs> Who was involved with this? Was Kanan there too? There were several undisclosed individuals. Okay. Uh, okay. Kanan... <laughs> name shall remain nameless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To protect the identity Kanan... of the not innocent. <laughs> Kanan Heskett may or may not have been there. Okay, and that's fair. I can remember uh, crawling underneath a van even because you had to listen for the golf cart because Chuck, um, if he's going to get caught, Chuck's or, the one you want to get caught Brother by. Rice. Brother Rice. Oh, yeah. listen, bad too. Brother Rice, that all my oh, Lord. Yeah. Listen. He could outrun me now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That guy <laughs> had <Ninja>. wheels. <laughs> but anyways, we went. I think we saran wrapped to the toilet seats, a couple other things in the public restrooms. That's hilarious. And I remember somebody took a glob of Vaseline and put it on the bell chain. Because uh, for those that aren't familiar, they got a bell. Oh my gosh, are you everything. serious? That's hilarious. Oh, yes. Yeah, grease that sucker right up. Yep. And so we're oh, sitting there. Preserve it. preserve it for years to come. Yes. So right. we're sitting yes, there. exactly. <laughs> we're sitting there in service the next morning, and your dad gets up because he was uh, mm-hmm. president of the camp that time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, you know, I'd like to thank whatever young person um, uh, thought to grease up that chain to keep it from rusting. He said, I was the recipient of that. Here, he was the one who rung the bell that morning. (laughs) He took it real well, just, you know, just a cool world, like, yeah, he's cool, you know, and, uh, he did, he He was super nice. And we had no desire to pick on him then. Uh, There were some others that didn't take it well, and we we wanted to get them back. Yeah, super. I understand. Uh, You know, and on more, like, even on a personal level, um, I got into some pretty bad trouble. 
Uh, it could have okay. it could have been it could have been real bad. <laughs> and uh, I actually went up to your dad. Um, I think I was actually getting ready to leave, and I just walked up to him and said, "Hey, I, said, I just want to say I'm sorry. You know, I apologize." And uh, you know, he slipped his arm around me, and he's oh. like, "Buddy, it's okay." He said, "You're fine." And uh, thanks me for being there. And then uh, pulled out his phone and was showing me pictures of the roof that my uncle Mark and I think Jonathan Glick put on his cabin or whatever. Oh, that house yeah. And yeah, yeah. Just was the nicest and just very gracious. He's guy. like, okay, yeah. move on. Like you're a person. Let's have a let's yeah. have a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But if someone yeah, even uh, nice. pulled aside, I don't know if they pulled aside, but they um, told you they said, yeah, there's some people that don't like those boys or something like that. Remember that conversation? I don't that remember happened? the detail. I remember he was taking up for us. Yeah. And he was like, he, yeah. he said something. He's kind of like, there's some people that, you know, don't like them. He's like, but you know, they're kids. Yeah. They're, they're, they're young. Yeah. They're, they're going to yeah. grow up. I never had one bad experience with your dad. Your yeah. dad was always, we, no, we always, no, we I'm always used to, to joke that. too. Cause you're, I mean, you your dad always, I mean, he looked classy. Yeah. And we used to always, yeah. we always would joke. He looked like a KGB spy, yeah. like a like you know, like the Russians all slick back suit, you know. What I'm, and so we always, yeah, that's always yeah. been our insult. So, listen, listen, this is crazy. So back in the '90s, so in 1993, I went to Russia with. We went, um, and the Iron Curtain had just fallen, like in '91, I think. So it was like two years post Iron Curtain kind oh, of wow. stuff. And we went over to Russia for like 10 days. I was an ungrateful brat who was just very angry that I had to be dragged off American soil. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, such first world <laughs> stupid problems. Like, oh my word. And now I'm like, if anybody has the opportunity to go somewhere, I'm like, go, 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 go. Yes. Go somewhere else. Because America gives you a little bubble that is just not. You yes. gotta have a world perspective. Yeah. So I am so glad my parents did not acquiesce to this bratty 13 or 14 year old at the time. <laughs> um, oh. But so dad and my brother, Alan, had been going, like they did lots of lots of trips. I mean, I forget how many places they went. They went to like Siberia, uh, Romania, Russia, Ukraine, um, Finland, like all kinds of stuff. So when my dad and brother, Alan, had come back from Oh gosh, where was it? Um, what did I just say? Siberia. That's where they came back from. They had gone to Russia and then they went to Siberia and then they came home. And when they got home, I think they were in New York, like at the airport. And it, I don't think it was TSA at the time. It was like airport secret service or something. <laughs> I don't know. They came up to them and escorted them to a private room because they thought that my brother and my dad were with the mafia. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even joking. Yeah. And my dad is like, oh, no, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. And they're like, yeah, you are. And sure I you like, are. I am too. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so leave it to the CHM to look like political people the mafia <laughs> like people that are really not upstanding citizens the chm wants to look exactly yeah. like them well so what i'm getting out of this so your dad has been to russia can you confirm or deny he's in the kgb i mean <laughs> oh, God. actually there was, we went when i went on that trip there was a, a place that we went and stayed and well not stayed we went because you know have any of you been on missions trips Mm, yeah, I've been. I was a missionary mm -hmm. for eight years. Well, you were a missionary, yes. Yeah. So you know, yeah. you don't say no. You don't turn down food. You don't yes, say no. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yep. They can say no to us all day long if they come here. Yes. What the heck? Yes. How's that fair? Yes. So we go to this guy's house, 
who had asked us to come. He was not part of the church. He wasn't like the church that my dad was starting there. He wasn't part of that, whatever. And they were kind of like, he had reached out to like the, the Russian ministers or whatever there. I'm not really sure what the connection was. Anyway, he wanted to talk to my dad and he wanted us to all come, us and the team. So there were like 14 or 15 of us. I mean, it was a lot. And he wanted us to come for a meal. And so this is, um, they served fish soup. And I was 14 and um, I'd never had a problem with fish up until I got a bone stuck up in my like gum oh, and yes. there are eyeballs popping around in the thing. And I'm like, well, I was like, That'll Oh God, it. help me. God, help yeah. me. And oh, my mom said, you have to head. eat it. And I'm like, I don't want you. I was like oh. having Brussels sprouts flashbacks. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I don't like this to this day. I'm like, well, but. So this guy, we come into his house. He has this huge poster of Rocky Balboa <laughs> on his wall. Not joking, dead serious. And if you've ever seen like movies where they're like Russian mobsters or it's like a Russian house or a hotel, it's like that really thick, heavy um, wallpaper and the oh, drapery yeah. and everything's very heavy, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was picture perfect. It was exactly that. Yes. Except the Rocky Balboa poster on the big wall. You know? <laughs> and he comes in and he goes, do you know Rocky? And we're like, no. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're from America. Do you know Rocky? You know, obviously like, know Rocky. Bless his heart. Goes, no, we've never met him. You know, like, they oh just thought that we gosh. just all knew each other. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But yeah, so my dad we was talking to him. Guy. And in that conversation, it came up that that dude had worked for the KGB. Oh. And dad was like, as a joke, because, you know, my dad is a jokey jokester. <laughs> he goes, oh, ha, ha, you got any pictures of me? Oh, and the guy got dead serious. And he goes, I cannot discuss what I see. And dad oh. was like, oh. 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 Like, oh, no, 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 I was just joking. I was just joking. Oh, my He's goodness. Like, Please don't put a hit out on me. Yeah. yeah. So now basically you're oh. thinking, okay, this guy has pictures of us. He has actually tailed us for a little while to gain information because, you know, information oh. is power. He knows that so we're good every... friends with Sylvester Stallone. I yes. mean, we're practically family. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut the jokes to we're in America, Dad. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Gee whiz. Oh, so, yeah. anyways, um, I, I, def I had my notes. I, I wanted to give... Uh, I definitely want to compliment your dad because I'm again. <laughs> Tell a story about Bell cool. Chain. Yeah, it's on the list. Got it? Check. Yep, I got that. Tell a story about <laughs> Bell Chain. Okay, on to the next. Um, yeah. All right. So your background the CHM. Yes, I was born into the Pilgrim Holiness Movement because my dad was the president, and he was the president for twenty-eight or twenty-nine years. So now, um, is this is the Pilgrim Holiness? Is that one big thing, or are they do they are they split up? Yes. To like, yeah, no, no, no. Pilgrims, it's the Midwest Pilgrims. The New York Pilgrims are different. Then there's the Midwest Pilgrims. Um, when I was little, it was like huge. Uh, mm. I don't even know how many, maybe it was just huge because I was little. I don't know. <laughs> you know, perspective's different when you're young. Um, but I mean, we, I remember camp meetings in Anderson um, at the OG campground that like standing room only, you know, like, mm. um, you were talking the other day. Oh my gosh. You said you had heard about people taking um, strollers and like getting blessed and they start running around with babies in them. <laughs> was that it? Oh, that was me. That happened oh. to me. Did it really? Mary Braun 
grabbed my stroller that I was asleep in and ran yeah. around Holy Anderson God. Campground. Oh with wow. my it. gosh. I love oh, that. So great. when I say that's I was born great. into it, I was born into you it. You were right there. <sighs> so uh, yeah. let me clarify again. So this was Midwest Pilgrims? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, yeah. my mom was a part of the Pilgrim Holiness Church, but that was in Millville, New Jersey. Oh, okay. So I don't know what group oh. that would have been. Would that, so been so that was probably side? New York Pilgrims. Okay. Yeah, that's probably New York Pilgrims. And honestly, I don't really know what the difference is. To be real honest, I don't really know what all the differences are in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's semantics, well, to be real honest. Yes, yeah, it is. There's not much. So, but I moved, we moved, um, my my dad stepped down as as the president of the Pilgrims when I was seven, and he became the president of UBC. And so, um, from so I was seven when I went there. He was the president for five years. So I owned that joint. I mean, you know, <laughs> she terrorized it. That's what she's saying. <laughs> you absolutely better believe it. Yes, I did. And I'm sure all of the teachers were like, "Oh, hallelujah." Hmm. He is not the president, so she's going to go away. Oh, no, no, no. I was the gift that kept giving. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I, I graduated high school when I was 17. <laughs> so they had me for a few more years after, oh, after my dad wasn't the president. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, gosh. Yeah, high school was fun. You were one of the, I guess now, like the family we refer to as like CHM royalty. Yeah, at the time. Oh, yeah, so back up. then, you got you would have been like kind of yeah. I she would have been involved with the leadership side of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Very true. So yeah, and so and like I obviously was, I, you can call it conservative holiness royalty, whatever. Um, I was famous for who my dad was. Let's sure. just say that. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, they didn't like my attitude. <laughs> yeah. They not being my parents, it was just whoever else because I. I have never been one to shy away from asking questions when I don't understand things. Mm -hmm. And oh, if you can't make it make sense, yeah. I might still do it, but I'm going to let you know that I'm only doing it because you're making me. Yeah, yeah. sure. And yeah. it's not out of rebellion. It's out of make it make sense or don't try to push it. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. And so, absolutely. I love that. Um, yeah. So, um, high school was fun. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a feminazi, <laughs> but no, but I'm also not like one of those little subservient barefoot and pregnant kind of chicks either, even though God have mercy. That's exactly what I did. I went and like got married and just popped out five babies, just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> so I was literally the epitome, you know, of the things I was like, I am not, but you know what? Yeah. That is also a mentality. That's not just. And it's yeah. also a state of mind and a, a spirit, really. And I've never had that spirit. Okay, <laughs> so you been. were not a trad wife then. Trad wife. I ain't heard that term in a while. Trad. <laughs> What's a she trad? What I don't know what that is. Traditional wife. So they stay home mm. and uh, they don't work outside Absolutely. the home. They are 100% on their yes, husbands. They, you were. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I mean, okay. So we got married in 95. I was 17 years old. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and my mom was not happy about it. And to the end of her life, she go, oh, Bonnie, I thought for sure I'd have a few more years with you. And you just left. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but she would always follow that with, 
but you know, I just love Luke. Okay. <laughs> well, so it was always like, it was okay. Cause it was Luke, you know, they yeah. just, I, I told Luke when we got married, I said, I think if anything ever happened, they'd keep you and leave me. <laughs> so <laughs> my family just yeah. fell in love with Luke. Aww. So, um, I was 18 when I had my first kid and I was 24 when I had my fifth. So wow. yeah, we packed a lot of life into those few years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh wow. Yeah. So um I have always liked sparkly things. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a little girl, I would go to um, and I do think that part of the reason that my parents were the way they were, as far as like not con- like not looking down on people that weren't like them and hateful and you know, like that attitude and like, oh, mm-hmm. you're gonna go to hell and like stuff like that. Um, I think part of that was because my, my mom was not raised that way. Um, she's actually the reason that my, my grandma even got saved is because wow. she was like six years old and had a heart for Jesus. She's like, mommy, I want to go to church. She had, her story was she had gotten saved. She had gone to church with my aunt, like my, her aunt, my, my great aunt. Okay. And, um, my grandma was like, no, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. So she'd send my mom with her sister and um my grandma's sister and my mom got saved she was like six I think and she came home and she's like oh mommy I asked Jesus into my heart you know it was just precious and she said I want you to come with me and them all said you know Patsy that's wonderful I'm so happy for you but you know I'm really busy my grandma was um she was a divorcee and she was also a business owner oh in God. 1945, 1947. Holy cow. Wow. Come on now. Yeah. Don't tell me I don't come from strong women. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No. Give me a break. Yeah. So that's why I'm not that proud wife mentality. Yeah, sure. Like, I don't do that. Sure. Yes. I'm all about traditional, but we need to understand our identity first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. By the way, can I say I hate the word trad? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Can I agree with that? That's annoying to my ears. Trad. <laughs> trad. <laughs> We're going to label this. Let's hashtag. all say it together. Trad. We're going to label this hashtag trad wife. Yeah, trad wife. Hashtag trad wife. <laughs> so my mom, the next week, she said, Mommy, I want you to go to, pr- I want you to, go to prison. <laughs> I want you to go to church with me. Would have been a different story. And- Exactly. <laughs> much different. And my grandma said, no, I'm not going to. And my mom said, then I'm not going again. And my grandma's like, excuse me? What? Now, mind you, she's like six. She's a little girl. And she goes, then I'm not going anymore. And my grandma's like, wait, what? And she said, mommy, if you don't want to experience Jesus, then I'm not going to either. Mm. Oh. And my grandma was completely slain (laughs) with conviction you know i mean that's real conviction that's like that's the real stuff Mm -hmm. and she went to church (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she got saved pretty shortly after that like it it took her a little bit of time because you know she didn't understand and it was really hard for her to get it and i also know how some of the things just based on she wrote a book and some of the things that you know like her journey to getting saved I know how she was being taught. I recognized her wording of things. And I was like, no wonder you were struggling with some stuff yeah. at the altar. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get through some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But my grandma was literally like, she was a faith healer. I mean, she was. This woman would literally, she's like in a little wheelchair, you know, at my parents' house when it like towards the end of her life. 
And I would come over and had all these little kids and, you know, they're running around and I'm like, oh, it's memo, whatever, you know, like just, you know, young, stupid kid. Like, honestly, I don't care if I had kids. I was still a young, stupid kid. And my grandma would say, well, Bonnie, everybody calls me Bonnie, just like my family does. So, and they're like, Bonnie, she said, Bonnie, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I have a cold or I had something going on. You're like, whatever. And she goes, Patsy, go get my anointing oil right now. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. She goes, oh, no, it's not. You're to be healed in Jesus name. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, and that woman carried anointing oil in her purse. I'm proud to say I do the same now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heck yeah. Carrying on that tradition. Yeah, very but, cool. um, I mean, she would lay hands on people. She was healed of breast cancer three times, I think, two times. Like, oh we're talking a lump, goes to the hospital to have it fixed. It's gone. Like, gone. Wow. And she did it through faith. So. And this was your grandma? Yes, that was my mom's mom. Like talking about out of the mouths of babes. Like that was the perfect, perfect example of that right there. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, that if that hadn't happened, I mean, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't because and and I, I know like my grandparents were kind of like my dad's parents were kind of like "Mm," about my mom. Because here she is from a divorcee. And at that point, she was married again. So not just a divorcee, she was remarried to her. Ah, yeah. Okay, it, straight up adultery. Know? Adultery right there. Exactly. <laughs> of course. You know, yes. but even not like, just take that part, out, like that religious part out of it. Even like in the 60s, early 60s, um, that was not looked up on. That was seriously frowned upon. And so my grandparents actually had to exercise a whole bunch of faith because especially in that day and age, you'd think, oh, she comes from a broken home. She's going to leave as quick as she has the the exit. You know, she's not going to stick around. She's going to do the same thing. And Jimmy, you're going to go be a preacher. And how are you going to be, you know, like I I put my mom, myself in their shoes and I'm like, I get it. I do. Because I have five kids and they're all married now. And I'm like, I remember, you know, like I remember the duds that they didn't marry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ones I had to pray out. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus, we got to have a talk. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, so like I, I always like sparkly things. Um, so I'd go to my grandma's house and my mom's sister was never conservative holiness. My grandma was, my, my aunt was not. And she's just like, I just don't feel like that's something I have to do. You know, like, I'm just not going to do it. And that's, that's fine. And that was just how it was. Um, but she had a jewelry box. Now people probably think that my parents are just the devil for allowing this and that's fine. Um, but they're not. And it wasn't like they were like, Ooh, they were like, come on. But I would, as soon as we get to my grandma's house, I'd run in, I'd say, hi, Mama, love you. And hi, Aunt Dory. And I'd run to my aunt's room and I'd open the jewelry box and every piece of jewelry that I could get on, I would come out <laughs> great. I had every on, like bright red because yeah. they hurt so bad. Uh-huh. Oh, it's hilarious. And I'm like, oh, oh it's pretty. You know, and she's like, no, you take that off. so I always like sparkly things and it's not like I just I guess it just never made sense to me that stuff you know like all of the rules and stuff but I mean I I did it I I did what I was told to do and I mean I question things and I do appreciate my parents they allowed me to question things 
didn't change anything, but I was still alive to question. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was just, my dad was like, you know, like short sleeves. This is a conviction. Like there, you're not going to do it. It's not happening. Like, and he would preach against them. And, um, and part of his, and you guys have probably heard his thing on that, but like part of it was because when he got saved, he went back and he had short sleeves on and he felt he would always stick his cigarettes. He'd roll his yes. sleeves up and put his cigarettes that in there. That was a typical yeah. thing yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he said the Lord convicted him of the short sleeves. Well, I think it was probably more the attitude behind it because it was a very rebellious, you know, rebel yeah. without a cause kind of attitude yeah. of that day. And that is a rebellious, I mean, it just is. And that is the, the word tells us rebellion is as the spirit of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sure rebellion and witchcraft go hand in hand. So, I say, I almost wonder if it was more of like a rebellion thing, but because the standards were, have always kind of been the push, it sort of became that, or that was the easiest way to, I don't know. I've never really talked to him about that. So he might not enjoy that. I said, that. <laughs> I don't, and I, I, that's just my own opinion. Sure, that's me. Sure. Well, like you said, you asked questions and it wasn't mm-hmm. like you were really being rebellious though, with your attitude of yeah. it. It was just kind of like trying to process. And that comes along with being growing into being an adult. Um, yeah, we, we are supposed to like, at least my parents were okay with me asking questions. It was when I was little, it was more because mommy said so, but as I got older, I was able to process things. And so that was something in the CHM church that was not looked well upon because they're like, you need to take control of your child. Your child asked me why. And I'm kind of like, my son he he's going to do that because even now, of course, with the, some of the things he's not able to be like. But why, mom? He at least looks at me like, like he's able to be like, okay, there's something wrong here. I'm not yeah. understanding, and I think that is one thing with the whole blindly following with the CHM stuff. Like you're not supposed to question your leadership. Yeah, and even then, the disciples in the Bible they asked questions. They were like, why, Lord? Why couldn't we yeah. cast out demons? Why couldn't we perform these miracles? Why and that, yeah. that and that instead of that leadership being so used good, it's used to harm. So that's interesting yeah. how you said that. I think what I saw a lot in the CHM was was more concern over the fact that you were questioning than concern with actually giving you a well thought out correct answer. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. the, the yeah, question oh, itself was the problem. Yeah. yeah. The thought, the fact that you were asking a question was a problem. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yes. a lot yeah. of people. For a lot yes, of people. For a lot of people. Not, Not for everybody. everyone. Right. right. For a lot of people. There were a few gems. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So anyway. Um, but so like I, this is this is a hilarious thing I thought about. Um, my dad back to Anderson when he was the president of the campground there. Um, I was like I think I was four, and um, you know the Gibson name. Yes, I've heard it. Like, okay, so Dr. Gibson. Yeah. I think is okay. So his dad, I think it was Keith Gibson. Yeah. Senior. Um, I was just being a little punk and I <laughs> I was throwing rocks at the tabernacle. Who knows why? I was just whatever. <laughs> I was four, four or five. And he came over to me and he goes, Yvonne Sutherland, you better stop throwing rocks at that tabernacle right now. I'm gonna take my belt off and spank you. <laughs> oh. And I looked at him. I whipped around, I looked at him, and I said, no, you won't. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, I think that probably just about knocked him over. Yeah. This little smart like girl, yeah. like, whipping around, like, yeah. he's a big man, you know? I said, no, you won't. And he goes, 
and why not? And I looked and I looked him up and down and I said, because if you take your belt off, your pants are going to fall down. <laughs> and I ran away. She was. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah. that was why I was always a favorite. Yeah. You, you said that you had, uh, you had five, was it five kids by what age? 24. 24. Wow. Yeah. You said they're all married? Yes. Wow. You do not look old enough to have five married children. Thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am I'm so not. Awesome. I think that's very impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I have three granddaughters and I have a grandson on the way in March. So, oh, wow. And they are oh, like, like, Oh my gosh, grandkids are way better than kids. You should have <laughs> yeah, those first. Oh. <laughs> have those first. You really should. Oh, <laughs> They're so much fun. Somebody else gets to mom them. It's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not gonna but, start um, <laughs> We left, like we got married in 95. And I remember having conversation with my dad the week of because I've been obviously since we've talked and you know, like thinking about this and like what I want to say. And I, I don't want to dishonor my heritage because ultimately here's the deal. I have the foundations that I needed to find God for myself. Yeah, You yes, know, I agree. like I was given the keys, I was given the tools, even if they were wrapped in a lot of extra stuff, I was given exactly what I needed to get that. where I needed to go. Now I had to get through a lot of garbage in my brain. Sure. You know, like there was a lot of, I, I think one of the things I had said to you was going from dis, disassembling or dismantling to disassembling. That was like a new thing I had heard like not too long ago was like to disassemble versus dismantle. And one was like, just to blow it up and say, screw it all. I'm done with it, which is what I did. Completely. I did that. Um, we got married in 95 and I told my dad the week we got married, I said, dad, listen, I'm not, I'm not any kind of way, but I just want you to know, Luke and I've talked about it. We don't feel like short sleeves, like literally I'm having this conversation with my dad, you know, like sure. we don't feel like short sleeves are a sin. So we are going to choose to wear them. And cause I think I was like packing my clothes for like my honeymoon and there was a short sleeve shirt and he's like, what's this, you know? Oh, and yeah. I said, well, you know, like we're not. And he goes, <sighs> he does this, this huff thing. I can, I do it too. My kids are like, Jim. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> if I get it, I go. That's great. <laughs> anyway, so my dad, he goes, he goes, Bonnie, I hate to see that. And I said, I said, dad, I understand. I said, I'm not being like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, rebellious, but this is not something, this is not my conviction. You know, like, and it's not something that I have ever felt wrongdoing. So it's not important to me. And I know it is to you and that's fine, but I'm, we're not going to do that. He's like, well, you know, it's, it seems like, and it was kind of the attitude you guys know, you take one step and oh, it's yeah. the slippery yeah, slope. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he said the slippery slope, but I've heard that so many times, sure. you know. And not so many words. And, and I'm just like, I said, I understand, but you know, okay. <laughs> heard. And I'm not going to do that, but okay. Um, and so we got married and, um, oh Lord, we went to a, I won't say which one, but we went to a CHM church for the first two and a half years of our marriage, something like that. Um, we, we like Luke was told that, well, <clears throat> we were, we were in trouble because we had the devil in our house and the devil was a, 
TV VCR combo. Oh, yes. We, we had rabbit ears, you know, but yes. like most yeah. of the time it was just we wanted to watch videos. Yes. There you <laughs> yeah. are saying. You know? Yes. That's how old we are. It's <laughs> yes. no DVD. Oh, right. Those were horns. Even, so. Those were horns. They weren't yeah. not rabbit ears. Yes. They were horns. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I called them rabbit ears. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, um, and uh, horns would, yeah. Well, we were just told we had the devil in our house. So, yeah. anyway. Um, and I just remember, like, there was just a lot of stuff like that. We continued to go, but we were not accepted. Like, it was not, you know. And I had started trimming my hair. Uh, and I had yes. bangs, yeah. but I pulled them back. You know, I would, like, make sure my French braid was tight enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'd still wear the French braid. Yeah. Um, and so I remember, I think it was, like, 97, because my, my second daughter, so I have Alexia, Abigail, Erica, Annie, and Gabe. Gabriel. Um, and the four girls are all A's and then there was Gabe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so I think it was Abby. I was, yeah, Abby was a baby. And so Lexi, Lexi and Abby are 13 months apart. So I had two babies basically. Um, but I remember that. Um, I remember, you know what? No, I think it was Lexi was a baby. That's what it was. So maybe it was earlier than that. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, it was. So it was 96. Wow. I'm sorry. My memory's like, woo. <laughs> um, so I think I was pregnant with Abby. That's what it was. And Lexi's still in this pumpkin seat, you know. And um, the pastor, whoever, came back. And they had an altar call, you know. And they came back to the center couple sitting on the back row. You know, we weren't even on the back row, but. You know, we were at least three rows up. Yes, might as well. Only rebellious right. yet. You know, living too you close for the edge. Slid. You were on the back row. Yeah. We weren't all the way back slid yet because we were not on the back row quite yet. You know, huh. right? Uh, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It's just you know, church kid humor because mm-hmm. God Absolutely. help us. Yep. Right. Anyways, if we didn't have humor, how would we process? <laughs> well, I think of it is too. Jesus and humor. Right. Yep. Yeah. The back seat though was for those who were not doing well spiritually. It was always the viewpoint, and yeah. I remember. Remember, there was some leadership that was in the back row, and I went, "Are they not doing right spiritually?" <laughs> but in fact, they were That's trying funny. to watch us. Like so, they were like uh, the yeah, back row was taken up by yeah, leadership well, it, to watch the bad kids who were on the next to yeah. last row. Now I probably should clear that up for people because <laughs> yeah. there are some people listening that don't have a CHM background. The, right. the back seat was literally eh. back sliders. Yeah, okay. literally that was back, like yeah. Sliders, back sliders. Back yes. sliders. I mean, preachers. Yeah, I even literally you came in late. That wasn't the latecomer seat. That oh. was the back seat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Latecomers, you still march your happy butt up to the yeah. front. You get up to the front. <laughs> yes. And sure. you had to prove you were present. Everybody saw you. <laughs> yes. You're like, hello, hello. 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 <laughs> oh. yeah. um, so this person came back and physically, well, first started talking to my husband and then physically started pulling him, trying to get him to go to the altar. Oh boy. And the words, this is what I heard. And this is where I was just like, what? I heard the words, be a man. If you step out and be a man, she'll follow. Oh. And I, to myself thought, Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Who gosh. do you think you are telling him he's yeah. not a man? Yes. Yeah. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I kind of have my head like, you know, I kind of have my eyes kind of closed, but, you know, I'm just looking down. Let's mm-hmm. be real. I was just looking down. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see movement out of the corner of my eye. And I looked, and my baby is no longer beside me in her pumpkin seat. 
the woman on the other end of the pew, and it was not a short pew, had grabbed my child's pumpkin seat and slid her all the way down to the end because, you know, we were going to go up to get saved. Holy cow. I whipped my head around. And first of all, she was a baby and I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. I don't think you want to mess with that woman. No. 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 Heck no. No. Ancient double hockey sticks. No. (laughs) And I walked over to her and I grabbed her. I said, I'll take her. I said, she stays with me. And I took her back down to my seat. She's like, oh, what? what, what?" And I was just like, the nurse. You think you are. Holy cow. I mean, I was livid. Yeah. And we did not go get saved that day. Um, <laughs> but why you guys not? were saved, right? I want to say you guys Actually, were saved during that time. Well, you know, by everyone's opinion, we weren't. So we weren't saved. Didn't matter if we felt like we were or not. It Everybody was just else, the opinion of us. Sure. And honestly, yeah. that is how it was to me, too. Mm-hmm. If other people didn't believe that I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I just probably wasn't. Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I'm saying you got to walk through so much garbage. Just brainwashing. It just is. I'm sorry. It's programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we walked out of the church and um, I think we were even supposed to go eat with some people and we did not. Um, I looked at my husband. We got in the car and I looked at him and I said, I don't know about you, but if that's God, I want nothing to do with him. I'm yep. done. I will never go there again. And he goes, sounds good. Like, Uh, all right. And I, I literally, and part of my testimony, I said this for 10 years on the road, like as part of my testimony, I said, I literally gave God the big F you and walked away. I said, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you. If that's a representation of you, I want to live my life. And I literally for six years, seven years, walked my own walk and messed my life up so bad you know got my testimony Mm -hmm. (sighs) you know there are easier ways and that's really why i wanted to come on here because there are easier ways yes you don't have to just throw a bomb and say screw it all because that ain't god and i recognize that after walking you know like walking away from that stuff we got saved we really did get saved (laughs) (laughs) In 2003, and we were at Southport Church of the Nazarene at the time. And actually, my mom, God love her, she, um, I appreciate her so much more now than I did when she was alive. I just, because, you know, you take for granted what you have. Yes. And, um, and at that time, I definitely was very angry and filled with rage and hate and just, you know, like screw God, screw everyone, screw all of you and the horse you rode in on. I don't care. And you can kiss my snowy white butt. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Yeah. And, oh, you want to take my kids to church? No, you cannot. Sorry, not happening. You're not going to do that to my kids. They will not go with you. And I, I was dead set. Like they're not going with you. They would go sometimes, but they will not go to church with you on a regular. It's not happening. Um, but that's not the way to do it. (laughs) You know, it's just not. Um, my mom is actually the one though that she would like call me every week. Oh, she was persistent. And she'd say, Bonnie, are you gonna go to church tomorrow? And I'm like, 
Patchy, leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm like, no, mom, you know, like we're busy or, you know, one of the kids are sick or anything but there, you know. <laughs> and I mean, for years, every Saturday night, she goes, so Bonnie, are you going to go to church tomorrow? And then she tried to get creative. So you have any big plans tomorrow? <laughs> Woman, you're still digging. <laughs> yes. So then with, um, I don't know if you know this, Steve Parker. The Parker family, like John Parker is the head of Alabama Bible Methodist. Yes. Um, His brother, Steve, was the pastor. He had just come to Southport, which is in southern India, south Indianapolis, you know, like it's south of Indy. So um, she called me and she's like, well, Vonnie, do you know Steve Parker? And I'm like, I mean, I know Parker's because John Parker I had actually gone to Russia with. So John Parker and I, to this day, are good buddies. If I see him, he goes, Vonnie, and he'll give me a big old Aww. hug. So, I mean, he's not ugly to me. He's never been hateful. Like, he's always been so kind. And, you know, when you go on a trip overseas with somebody, that kind of gives <laughs> you a different yeah. relationship. Yes, sure it is true. But so my mom actually is the one who was like, you know, maybe you guys should go see if, you know, check out Steve and just kind of see. And I'm like, mm, and resisted for a while. But then 9-11 happened. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I was four months pregnant with my fourth baby. Oh, my God. And I remember sitting out on my back porch. And I know I'm going to say this. I don't care. I, you can say whatever you want. I was literally stress smoking. I'm four, I don't care. I was four months pregnant. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I was freaking the flip out. Yeah, sure. yep. of course. As was everyone. We are, yeah. Especially, you know, I may have said a big, you know, flip the bird to, to God and moved on, I thought. But the fact was every single night before I'd fall asleep in my in my heart, I would say, Ooh, I would say, God, please don't let me die and go to hell. I don't want to die and go to hell. So something in me knew that the examples that I had been given were not God. That wasn't God. That wasn't the heart of my father, you know? And so I I just was like, just please don't let me die and go to hell. Please don't let me die and go to hell. So I'm sitting on this porch and I'm like stress smoking. And my mom calls me and I was like, oh, and she's like, Bonnie, you know, and we're talking. And she's like, Bonnie, you know, it's so important that we're ready to go. And I'm like, shut up. I know, mom. I <laughs> know. Saying all the things that are in my head yes. right now. Yes. You know, I mean, it was crazy. And so it, you know, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> so we didn't actually go to Southport until November. <laughs> <laughs> I was 9-11 yeah. so September it took me a while for conviction to really set it and so we started going and we go once and Steve Parker would preach and it was like he had he was preaching right at us the stuff that we did all week long and we go out to the car and my husband's like I'm not going back next week and I'm like that's fine we don't have to you know because he'd step on our toes and it was stuff that we were doing at home and Luke is like, how does he know that, Yvonne? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know the guy. (laughs) (laughs) And so finally, um, that was in 2001 when we first started going there. And it took all the way until August of 2003 for us to go. And we had been going to Southport all that time. Mm -hmm. But it took that long for us to finally go, you know what? I said, I remember the conversation with Luke. And I said, listen, I said, here's the deal. These kids, I'm not raising a bunch of heathen. We're not yes. going to do that. 
Exactly. We got to, we, we know there's a better way, Luke. We got to, mm-hmm. we got to get right with God. We got to do this. That was a hard mm-hmm. conversation to have. I don't sure. know why spiritual conversations are very hard to have. <laughs> they are. They but sure they are. are. And I think yes, part of it, part of it, who of you, maybe you were this person. I don't know. But who of you was like the person who was like Miss Susie holier than thou art all the freaking time and would like stand up and always had the testimony and always was like, oh, you just didn't quite <laughs> praise the Lord, right? Mm. Uh, you know, or yeah. if they would just talk super spiritual and it was just like, Bleh. yeah, oh, uh-huh. so gross. Yep. And honestly, what I was reacting to, and I didn't know it at the time, it's called a Pharisee spirit. That's called a religious spirit. And it's the same spirit that Jesus had problems with. Right. Um, You know, it's that religious spirit that says, oh, no, no, no. I know a better way because here are the rules and you better follow them. Mm -hmm. And that's called law. And um, something that was really cool. I heard not too long ago, a preacher was preaching and he said, you know, do you know at what point in Jesus ministry he was at? when he was baptized and the father's voice came from heaven and he said, behold, my servant in whom, or my son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. You know where he was at in his ministry? He hadn't done one miracle yet. He hadn't done anything. There was no Cana, like there was no wedding. There was none of that had happened yet. Jesus had not done one work yet. Mm-hmm. And yet here is the heavenly father saying, hey, check out my boy. Whew, I'm proud of him. What? But he doesn't, maybe, did he follow the rules? But did he get the handbook? Has he done, has he made his confession? Has he been sanctified holy? Right. You know, like all, all those things. things. Absolutely. Yes. No, Absolutely. he yeah. believed in Absolutely. his father is what he did. Sure. And ultimately that's where he's at. If um, I could stop you there for a minute, Yvonne, there's a couple yeah. things that has jumped out to me. You talked about in your story there, that misrepresentation of God. Yes. I, yeah. I think that's one reason why I get so fired up about this stuff. That, that, Me too. That and and then your subsequent reaction to it has happened time and time and time again because people think Do you that's know how God. many people I know? Same I here. have friends oh, yes. who have died and most, I mean, for how we were taught, I mean, they died and went to hell. I do not believe that. I really don't because yeah. I understand a little bit more about the father's heart now. And I also understand about how he honors the prayers of our mothers and our fathers and our loved ones who pray for us and who go to war for our souls. He honors that. Even if after death, he has to look at them and go, listen, I am bound to this obligation that I made to your grandma or your mama or whoever. I got to give you a chance, even though you've had chance after chance and you knew the right way. Do you still want to choose hell or do you want to choose me? I mean, I know that's super controversial. I don't care. You don't have to believe it. I believe it. So, but for all intents and purposes, these kids that I was raised with, they're going out and they're just blowing their lives apart. Sure. And Mm -hmm. but for the grace of God, go I. Yeah. You know the song Reckless Love. Oh yeah. That that controversial. I know people either love it it or hate it. (laughs) But listen, I understand I'm not a fan of that song. Like I'm really not. But really, if you listen to the words and you understand the heart behind it and you understand that God's grace and his love and his mercy by human standards is absolutely reckless because he literally bankrupted everything he had for us. And he still 
put it in our choice to choose it or to turn away from it. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. Right. Yep. That was one of the things you I remember looking back and I could see it clearly now, but just looking at the contrast between what I was taught God mm-hmm. was and how he supposedly loved us. Right. They, they would say that. Mm-hmm. Then versus what I found in the Bible after I got out of the CHM, right. it was like, oh, wait a minute. Right. You know, and it, it, it means a lot more now. It hits harder now because I got squeak in there. Right. And I'm oh, like, for sure. yeah. this guy had one, one son. Changes your perspective, yeah. doesn't it? I got one son. And he loved me enough to say this. And you, you give away your I'm baby go, boy. Like, and no, it does not so compute. And, and, and then when the, you realize. The worst pedophile, the worst absolutely, whatever absolutely. that has yes. ever existed. He sent him for him. Yes. Like, are you, I'm offended at that. Yeah. The grace of God is offensive, actually. You know, it is right. for those that are perishing. <laughs> right, right. And, and to think about, too, then the second chances, second chance after second chance that is built into oh. Scripture. That, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, the CHM did not like to talk about, but right. it's there. It, but it's there. It's there. It's such a beautiful picture, right, too, and we don't want to talk about it. Yes. Instead, we want to sit yeah. on fear. We want to use fear and if, tactics. And then and I'm if kind somebody like, falls into sin, then we want to just sit and pick at that, where right. it's like, guys, get, exactly. get back up on the horse. Let's keep going. This right. is, there's Let me a tell sec- you, it's much easier to pick on sin than it is to fix your heart. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, like, especially other people's sins. Like, I could do that all day. Like, let's go. Oh, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> that's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the human nature. Like, oh, did you say? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The personal you know, accountability. Like, I have a prayer yes. request. <laughs> yeah. yeah, prayer request. <laughs> Please pray for Phil. He's not doing requesting. right right now. <laughs> Lord, help us. I'm sure we were on every prayer list uh-huh. in the Pilgrim and the ICHA church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. I remember, though, the night that we got saved, like, Luke and I got saved. And I called my mom. I don't know. I was so nervous to call her, but, and it was, there was still like that fleshy side inside of me who was like, I don't want to call her. I don't want to tell her, you know, I don't want to. And I was like, shush you. (laughs) And so I I called her, we got home from church and I called her, you know, on the landline because there weren't cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were, but you know, I called her and, um, they were at some camp somewhere. I have no idea. It was August 31st of 2003. And um, I called her and I said, hey, mom. And she goes, who is this? She's never said that to me when I called. Mm. And I said, it's Yvonne. She goes, oh, I didn't recognize your voice. Oh, my. And I said, well, I called to tell you that Luke and I, and of course, I'm like, no, 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 at that point. You know, know, remember all the testimonies, people Uh stand up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember that. Yes, I should have ever. Ever. That's what happened. Uh, yep. You uh, caught the first two words and then the rest was for the dog to understand. Yep, it was <laughs> over. But um I said, "Well, we got saved tonight." And she like freaked out. Like she Jim, Jim, come here, Jim, come here now. Jim. And she's like, "No, come here. You got to come here now. I got to tell you what happened." I mean, she was so excited. And so she goes, tell your dad. And I'm like, I don't want to tell my dad. <laughs> I was like, I told one person. I don't want to tell a kid. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah. You know, told him. And he's like, oh, money. You know, and he's just like, and then I hear all these people around him. And they're all like, everybody starts shouting and praising the Lord and all this stuff. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And, you know, we had people that like within a month of us being saved, 
Um, and I, I'm doing air quotes on saved, like I, we were saved, right? <laughs> but yeah, we hadn't like fixed our standards yet. And it was like, okay, it's been a month. Um, when are you going to start lining up? Uh-oh. And I'm like, well, we still go to a Nazarene church. So yeah, yeah, we're lined up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And I think that's when they realized, like everybody started realizing, oh, like they think they're saved and they're not changing. Right. Oh, so no. then that changes things. And Luke and I had to have a conversation. I remember this. Um, I said to him when we were discussing, like, we need to get saved. What do we want to do? How do we want to do this? You know? And <laughs> anyway, made an appointment with the pastor, like, oh my gosh, Yvonne, get on your knees and ask God, you don't need to make an appointment with the pastor. My goodness. <laughs> right. You know? right. Whatever. Anyway, and I we had this conversation and I looked at Luke and I said, I said, babe, um, if our parents, because, you know, as a kid, like your parents, you want your parents approval. You want your parents, especially like when they're like pastors, preachers, like in ministry like that and all that stuff. You you want their approval to, I mean, at least a certain degree. And I looked at him and I said, if our parents and the people that we've, you know, always been around. If they don't ever accept that we actually are Christians because we don't change back to the way we were raised, are you going to be okay with that? Can you live with that? Ooh. And he looked at me and he goes, um, well, and I said, you need to think about it because I think that that could actually be the thing. Like we probably will not be received. We won't be accepted as Christians and we have to be okay on our own as a Christian without everybody else's opinion of whether or not we are. Right. I love it that. can't matter what anybody else thinks. Right. And so we went into it knowing like we may or may not even be considered Christians by even our, our closest family members, you know, but we had to be okay with that. I I just was like, yeah, I have to be okay with God. That's, that's, that's a real, where the rubber rubber meets the road scenario for sure. That's, that's where it starts getting tough. Yeah, it really is. Yep. Yeah. And so I do, I do want to say this though. My mom, even like up till the day she died, through the years, she would say she would. And every time she'd start crying, oh, gosh, she'd start crying and she'd go, you know, Bonnie, I know that you don't do things the way that I do, that, that we've always taught, you know, like you don't you don't have the same standards as us. She said, but boy, Bonnie, I just can't tell you how good it makes me feel to know that you are you're saved. And I know I'll spend I'll spend eternity with you in heaven. That is awesome. Yes. That's all. And I'm like, I don't yes. care what anybody else has to say. That's all I need to yep. hear. Right. That's all you yeah, need to hear. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, um, and I also remember the first time that somebody knew I was a Christian, even though I didn't have all of the, you know, I didn't have all the standards. <laughs> and somebody was like, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. How'd you know? People know. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I could just tell. Yeah. It was just some random person I'd never met her. I could just tell. And I was like, like, I think I went to my car and cried. I yeah. was like, God, thank you so much. Yep. You know, because that yep. had never happened. I wasn't used to that. Um, and but I did like my kids, like, you know, you knew Lexi and Abby probably yes. um at Clinton Camp. Cause I as we then became involved in church 
and we knew what our kids were being taught and we knew how they were guided, you know, like being guided and stuff. Then I'm like, you know what, let's let them experience some of these camps. Let's let, if they want to. And the only, I have, I think only three of my girls actually went to like a lot of the conservative holiness camps or like the youth camps or stuff like that. Um, because like my younger two just kind of didn't want to, they were kind of like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but because like Lexi and Abby were there sort of on the, you know, right in the middle of us sort of transitioning, like literally I had my ears pierced, but I wouldn't wear my, my wedding ring in front of my family. Yeah. Yep. Because I'd wear my hair down over my ears so they couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. You know, you couldn't see my ears. <laughs> right. But I remember I was pregnant with my third baby. It was like Christmas time. And I looked at Luke and I said, let me tell you something, buddy. I am wearing pants to Christmas at your parents' house. I do not care. <laughs> because Christmas is, we had Christmas there on, New, on Christmas Eve. And I delivered my baby on 28th. Mm. So 24th is when I was four days before I had my baby. I was like, I'm going to be comfortable. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And that was the, that was the first time I wore pants in front of anybody. And I felt so weird walking into their house, oh, you yeah. know, in pants, but it was just how it was. And you know what? I just decided if I don't feel like it's wrong, I'm not visiting these people. We live here, you know, like we lived close. We saw them at least once a week, you know, like we saw them all the time, my parents and his parents. And I'm like, if I really do believe that this is not wrong, then either I do it or I don't. Like, sure. what's it going to be? Yes, absolutely. It shouldn't matter. I understand, like, there are people who are like, well, I just want to honor my family and da, da, da. To each their own. I'm not telling you how to roll or I'm not telling you how to run your life. For me, I was like, it's very important to be authentic for me. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I need yeah. authenticity, authenticity. I think yeah. probably because of how I was raised, because if you line up to the standards and you have that perfect little testimony, you know, every service or after every revival or whatever, it doesn't matter that there's hell in your heart. As long as you look a certain way, nobody questions. And to me, I can't do that. Yeah. I no. have God put this huge like truth meter in me. And I just, I have a BS meter that just will blow you out of the water. Yeah. I yeah. can't handle BS. My filter is like, no, I see you coming a mile away. I'm not doing it. Yep. So being authentic is like, I need that. You know, and it took me a while to get to where, what you're talking about as well, because I, I went through that stage, you know, taking a wedding band off. I saw somebody out at Walmart or whatever, but I feel oh, like yeah. now it's, I, I have a, a lot bigger appreciation for authenticity and just being like, Hey, yeah. this is yeah. what I believe. And in fact, I think a person could make an argument. It's like, do you, if you're covering it up and that kind of fake, I mean, and, and if people yeah. do yeah. find out, then you've got to have this very awkward conversation. Cause then it looks like you're trying to hide it, you know, which, yeah. you, know, you know, and so, yeah, like you're ashamed of it. Yes. And I actually, and I don't throw this word around very often, but I actually was convicted. It was like the Lord convicted me and was like, either you believe it or you don't. Is it okay or is it not? Mm -hmm. Because if it's okay, then it's okay anywhere you go, not in select locations. And I'm like, all right. Yep. Yeah. Same thing with my nose ring. This is going to blow some people away. I don't care. I was 30 years old and I wanted to get a nose ring. But you know what? I also didn't want to offend the Lord. 
And um, I had gotten a call to preach. I got called to preach in um, 2008. And if you have an opinion about female preachers, keep it to yourself because I don't care. <laughs> God, didn't, God didn't ask your opinion. And you didn't call me. He did. So mind your business. Um, and that's not to you guys. I'm just saying to whoever. Understood. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I knew I had this ministry. I mean, my, my, um, do you want to hear how I got called to preach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like crazy. It's supernatural. It really is. I had never had an experience like this in my life. Um, I'm sitting on, we were currently going to, uh, at that point in time, we were going to another Nazarene church in Indy, um, Grace Point. And, um, it was a big church and, um, I was on the worship team. I had uh, kind of like was getting ready to take over until like the end of the year or whatever as like the leader while they were searching for a new leader. And um, so I had just gotten off the platform with, you know, doing a uh, praise team and all that. And we we go back and we sit down and uh, Luke and I are sitting on the back row <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, like when the choir and everybody goes down, if you didn't save seats up front, they're gone. It's too yep. bad. So we're sitting on the back row, which was fine. And we had um, that Sunday, there was a Colombian pastor there. He's like the pastor of the fastest growing Nazarene church in Colombia at the time. They had over 30,000 members. Mm. Wow. I was like, what? Anyway, so he's up there. I have no idea what the man said. Don't have a clue. He had his daughter was interpreting for him. It was a whole thing. And I mean, it was great. I don't remember a thing about the service other than that. And I'm sitting there listening. And all of a sudden, it was like, I felt like, okay, so, and if you don't believe me, that's fine. It's my experience. Um, I felt like all of a sudden out of nowhere, something came from the top of my head and it it felt like, and it literally in my mind's eye, I saw like this red cloak. It was like a, what I know now is a mantle, um, but it was like a cloak. And it felt like it came on me and it dissolved into my skin. And I'm sitting there like, what the heck? And all of a sudden I go into a vision. Now, mind you, I've never had an experience like this in my life. And I go into a vision and I see myself standing in front of the cross. And what I think is me turns around and points. And I hear this voice. It was not me. And it said, I have called you to preach. Mm. And that was it. And I'm literally sitting there and I started shaking. Like I've never, sh I was just like a, a leaf in a hurricane. I mean, and I started weeping and my husband looks at me like, what? just happened because i'm like ah, ah, ah. and he's like what happened i'm like ah. and i like ran out of there and went to the bathroom i don't even know i don't even know if i came back to the service i was completely blown away and terrified i'm like lord i am 30 years old i am a woman i have no formal education i have five kids that i'm i'm homeschooling like don't you have somebody else to ask like, and plus I'm a woman. Do you remember that? Like, did you remember you made me a woman? Like I'm a woman. And even though like, I've never had a problem with women preachers, except for the fact that most of the time in the conservative holiness realm, they seem to be a lot more manly. 
Like they tried to be more manly. I never yeah. understood that. Yeah. yeah. You can be a woman and, and be a preacher and you can be feminine and be a preacher. Like, give me a break. I feel like I'm pretty feminine. I don't feel like I'm really like manly. Um, and so it took, I did not tell my husband for 24 hours. It was literally the next day. And he's like looking at me. He knew. And I'm like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. I mean, I like literally, and I talk. I can talk about everything. <laughs> and I'm just like, what just happened to me? And so that the the next day, that was actually what is funny. I looked back on my calendar. We got saved on August 31st of 2003. And looking back at my calendar, I'm pretty sure that I got called to preach on August 31st of 2007. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. Or 2008. Isn't that crazy? That's cool. Like, I, I didn't even realize that until I started looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow. Okay. Um, mm. And so when I told Luke, I told him like the next day, we were like going to bed. And I like sat down on the bed and I turned around, I like crisscross applesauce, you know, on the bed. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you what happened, you know? And he's like, okay, babe, like, it's okay. You know, it's all right. I'm going to listen. And so I told him exactly what happened. And he goes, I knew it. I was like, how did you know that? He goes, <laughs> I have no idea. He goes, but Yvonne, I knew that's what it was. I knew that's what you were going to say. She was. I know. And that was never, ever anything that we had ever discussed. I'd never been like, you know, I think I might want to be a preacher someday. Mm -hmm. That was never a thing. Like, wasn't even in my vocabulary to want to be that. I mean, if anything, ministry-wise, um, it may be like a worship leader or something. I could have seen myself doing that because, you know, I can sing, whatever. but. So that started a whole thing. And like, we like in 12, 2011, we became, um, Luke was a youth pastor. I was a children's pastor of a little Nazarene church in Greensboro, Indiana. And we were there for a year. And um, I'm thankful for the experiences. I'm thankful for, um, even if in our ignorance, we misstep. Or maybe we are fulfilling things in our version of it versus saying, Holy Spirit, how do you want this to play out? Like, what do you want that to look like? Instead of going, okay, this is my preconceived cookie cutter notion of what a woman preacher is. And this is what a preacher has to do in order to be a legit whatever. All the steps, you know, even in the missteps and all of the things like our preconceived notions, God is so gracious and good and kind and faithful because he takes us through the garbage <laughs> and <laughs> all does. of it, whether we created it or we just got in it, you know, but he takes us through stuff. And so in 2012, when we stepped down at that church, um, we stayed on at the church as far as like we lived in the parsonage and they didn't have anybody else coming in to take that spot. So they were like, well, we're into the house. We're like, okay, cool. So we stayed on at the house for five more years. Um, but we started traveling and singing because of people that we met at that church, because God orders our steps, guys. It's mm -hmm. amazing. You just let him, oh my goodness. Yep. And you start looking back and you start seeing the faithfulness and it's just like, dang, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, yeah, that's my daddy. <laughs> um, and so we met some people and, um, they had never even heard us sing. And the, the guy's like, you all need to go out and sing. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you need to do it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So we have this whole conversation and he's like, 
the world needs a family on a stage singing about Jesus. Like, hmm, I could do that. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm like, don't tempt me with a good time. And so I was like, um, Luke, what you think? You know, like, what, what do you think? Like, cause it had never even occurred to us that you could do that. Cause like nobody asked us to do that. Sure. No one had called us to do that. <laughs> we didn't have permission. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just like, Oh, you know, like your paradigm shifts. Wait, you mean that's a possibility? I can do that. And so in July of to, no, we we decided in July of 2012 to go on the road. And so it wasn't quite, well, um, it was 10 years, actually, but it was kind of, you know, COVID. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we started traveling and singing, and we went over the course of the next 10 years. Um, now, in 21 and 22, we only sang like one time each, so it's not like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to pretend we were the calling spurs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I know where I am. I know who I am. I don't have airs. Like, give me a break. Um, and it's not my lane. The Collingsworth family are wonderful. That's not my lane, you know. And I grew up with Kim and that whole family. So I love them. She's like, she was like my big sister, just like my own sisters. So sure. um, anyway, and so we decided to go on the road. And so in that that 10 years, we traveled to 13 different states and we had, I mean, we put like 50,000 miles on our vehicle every year, Holy <laughs> going everywhere. Wow. A lot of it was for the experience of seeing. <laughs> like oh yeah yes. we'll, go pay, we'll pay hundreds of dollars to go sing for five minutes <laughs> but hey we might get seen by somebody somewhere who oh, might yeah. have something to pick you know like give yep. me a break oh my gosh what a racket but we met some amazing people and ultimately through those 10 years i got to preach and what was fun was that I got to do it in churches that don't believe in female preachers. <laughs> Isn't God funny? I love it. That's my kind of God right there. He goes, oh, you have all these preconceived notions about my kids. I'm going to sneaky sneak something in on you. Yeah. Those Baptist people had no clue what hit them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, we do yeah. put him in a box a lot, don't we? Yes. Yeah, we he have doesn't his... like that box. He likes to blow our boxes apart. Yeah. He's like, let me show you what I can do. Absolutely. Yeah, that's He's good like that. You know, just just taking the opportunities that comes along. Uh, yeah. It was, it was uh, you know, you just and seeing God work through it all. That's uh, that's fantastic. So you you guys, you said that that you guys tore. It was ten, well, ten years with including COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, we officially came off the road. Like we said, we were done, and then we like did a couple of things like you know like somebody was like would you please do a christmas concert and it was like the church we were going to at the time we're like yeah we'll bless the church with that you know like if you want to be blessed by it we'll bless you yeah. and because they're like bless us what you're singing I'm like okay consider yourself blessed yeah, <laughs> yeah. bless 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 <laughs> um <laughs> so um actually from the road this was kind of a funny story i actually told a kid today my son came over and he had his friend with him and um i was telling him we went to sing at a little church in tennessee and 
it was this little tiny church. And I was telling my dad before we left, I'm like, yeah, it's in Camden, Tennessee, you know? And he goes, Camden? He goes, where is that? And I said, I don't know. It's, at, you know, Tennessee somewhere. He goes, it's not one of those snake handling churches, is it, Yvonne? No, dad, it is not ever. Oh, I said, if it is, um... I ain't singing there, you know, like all this stuff. <laughs> so we show up to the church. And um, like, first of all, I'm just going to tell you this crowd was so much fun to sing to. <laughs> it was a blast. You're a singer, you know, right? Uh-huh. Like when when you have a crowd that is like drawing, oh, yeah. yep. you are singing with everything in you. You will find songs you never even knew you knew Absolutely. just to make sure you keep singing. It was that kind of church. So, I mean, this place, the second the first note started, these people were on their feet. They were not Pentecostal. They were freaking charismatic. I mean, crazy. Oh it was awesome. <laughs> now I'm like freaking out. We had never sung in a place like this before. And so I'm talking to the pastor beforehand, before church, actually, pastor standing out on the front porch, smoking a cigarette. My kind of church. About three or four of his good board members, you know, they're sitting, it's all about church, you know, about church time. We got to get our last smoke break in. (laughs) And I'm standing there like, oh, this is so funny. You know, like, (laughs) my little religious girl is going, (laughs) I got to smoke now because I don't think I can make it to prayer time to sneak out and get another one. (laughs) And so... We're standing there, and I was like, I said, yeah. I told him what my dad had said about it being like a snake handling church or whatever. And he's like, he goes, I don't feel like we need to test the spirit like that. And I was like, well, good. I agree. <laughs> Only to find out afterwards that um, we found out later. <laughs> well, he told my husband, actually, after it was over, um, Luke goes, Yvonne, did you see those those holes in the stage? Oh no. Like doors in the stage. <laughs> and I was like, and now mind you, the stage was about eight inches. I mean, it was a glorified stage. It was like maybe it wasn't even a foot off the ground. It was like eight inches off the ground. And I was like, I just thought it was for sound equipment, you know, like for wires and all that. <laughs> oh no. The church that we were singing to had bought this church from a snake handling congregation. I see. And the holes in the floor were the for the snake pits. They kept the snakes in those holes. Mm-hmm. Now this church didn't have snakes. He goes, no, nah, we done run them off. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't keep them. <laughs> yeah, I'm out on all that. So you know, God has taken us into some pretty crazy things. It's been it's been quite a ride. And I'm so glad that I like realized that it wasn't God that I had seen. <laughs> and I gave him a chance instead of religion, you know. Well, and, and again, that's that's one of the biggest things I like to try to get across to people uh, and, and do a terrible job of it, of it a lot of times, <laughs> but is to try my best to, to portray the fact that if you were in something like the CHM mm-hmm. and it treated you bad, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That wasn't God. Yeah. And so many times people think that that's what it was. So as we're, as we're starting to uh, wind down here a little bit, there's something I, I like to ask people like yourself, mm-hmm. and it's this. So a lot of times we have people listen that are maybe still on the inside. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to somebody that's maybe in the CHM right now or maybe in Independent Fundamental Baptist or one of the other groups that's very similar to CHM, and it's just not working for them? They're, they're having their troubles. They're seeing some of the, maybe they're seeing the bad side of it. What advice would you give them? This is a newer one for me, okay? This this concept. Okay. But it was transformational when I did this. 
um, because we have so much programming. It is all programming, no matter if it's church programming, school programming, job program, it's programming. We are programmed to think and act a certain way. We're programmed, all of it. It just is what it is. And I have found I can't even get mad at my parents because my parents were taught a certain thing and the people who taught them were taught the thing and they were taught the thing and they were taught the thing. And my God, we've all been taught something wrong. So you know what? Instead of being mad and bitter at all these people that have maybe legitimately hurt you. I'm not saying like, oh, just forgive and forget and move on. You know, it was moral failure. No, I'm not saying all that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, ask God, like really, and I genuinely mean this, get quiet with the Lord somewhere in a closet, in your car, away from any noise, no phone, no music, not like just get quiet with the Lord and ask him. I have some questions. The first one, how do you love me? And the second one, who do you say I am? Because I talked about identity. If you don't know whose you are, then all the other stuff is going to be louder than the one who created you. And the one who created you, he is faithful. And I, we have home church now. I have home church here at my house. And um, part of the reason I wanted to do this is because I want anyone who's in it still or has been in it. And maybe you're just trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, like trying to disentangle, dismantle, like whatever you're trying to do. I am here for you. If you want to talk, I would love to talk to you like one-on-one. I'm dead serious because God showed me a long time ago. He said, Yvonne, you're going to be like a Moses for these CHM kids. Mm. He said, you're going to lead them out of Egypt. And I'm sorry, but religion is Egypt. Yes, it is. It just is because it's a system. It is a system of this world and it is controlled by the devil. Religion is gross. Religion is why the devil stands, uh, the accuser of the brethren stands up in heaven going, but do you see what they did? But do you see? And Jesus stands in front of him and goes, but my blood. And so who do you say I am? The very first time I asked that question, the answer I heard, I was like, oh, that was me. But then I was like, no, I would never say that. Um, it was most loved. And I'm like, but you know me so well. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> because he's good like that. Because here's the thing. Faithful means, this is, this is just, I love this so much. Um, God is faithful. And what that means is, Faithful means, let me find it, remaining true to the original design, intent, or purpose. And no matter what you were born into or have walked through, your creator, Papa God, puts you here. He put everything inside of you that he knows is there. There's like all kinds of treasures inside you, inside of each of us that we don't even know. Like we just can't even imagine the things he wants to do through us and with us and to us. You know, like it's crazy. He's faithful because he never sees us in the filter of you failure, you piece of crap. Look how you messed up. Well, you did it now, didn't you? Ooh, wait till I get my thunderbolt. You know, mm -mm. 
He views us through his lens, which is, I know what I designed you for. I know what I put inside you. I know the original intent that I had when I created you. And he is faithful to complete. If he started it in you, he will complete it in you. If you let him put all the other stuff aside, let it all go. And you know what? Maybe some of it you will need to keep. I don't know. Walk your road, but work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We do not need to idolize pastors. We do not need to idolize leaders. We need to look at God and God alone. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the life. And that is what you need to focus on is Jesus. And if you were the only one who ever accepted his gift of salvation, he would have come for you no matter what you've done. That's what you need to know, because that's what I didn't realize. And it's not because I wasn't taught because I, I was taught the Bible. I mean, my goodness, I was taught the Bible, but it's with a filter. I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, now are you living up to those standards? Are you doing this? Because if you're not, that's not it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And let me tell you something. If you mess up, if you misstep in your relationship, he lets you know in a very gentle way. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. That comes from the accuser of the brethren. That is not God. God the Holy Spirit will will gently like go, hey, that maybe, mm. and you'll, ooh, like, I don't know for me, when I misstep, I'm like, oh, I did that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And it's not like shame and condemnation. Oh. Now the devil instantly after that moment of like, oh, I did that. Shame and condemnation come on you. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not Jesus. That's the devil sticking his spear in there and trying to distract you and trying to get you off course like he did me. Don't buy it. It's a bunch of bull crap. The devil's a liar. And Jesus, he's like, the, the love that he has for us, there's a verse that talks about like being in his face sort of. And the original language talks about literally if you got nose to nose, like that's how close you are with him. That's how he wants to be like nose to nose with you, eyes to eyes with you. That's a relationship. Like you don't go very far <laughs> on your own. If you, you can't walk, if you face to face with somebody, but you get to know him real well, don't you? Absolutely. That's how he wants to be. And that's how it can be. And honestly, serving Jesus, serving the Lord is like, what an adventure. I've had so much fun. And I asked the Lord a lot. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I want to do exploits with you. Like, let's let's kick hell's teeth in. I want to plunder hell. And one last thing, this month, um, I will be going on... Um, my very first <laughs> strip club ministry. Um, I've not heard those thing. words used in the same sentence before, I don't think. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to go with a group of ladies. These are warrior women. And we are going to go to a bunch of strip clubs in Indianapolis. And we are going to take, we're going to take gifts and cookies and stuff like that. And we're going to take Jesus. And we are undercover agents for Jesus. And so when I say I want to do exploits, I don't want boxes. I want anything he has. Sure. And if you open yourself up to anything he has, 
there is no limit to what he can do with you. And so that's what I want people to know. The God is so much bigger than these little things that we put him in and these little constraints that we put on him. He's bigger than that. Absolutely. And he wants to do things with you that'll just <laughs> blow your mind. And I'm I'm like, I couldn't be more excited about this this uh you know, this month, the end of this month, but at the same time. I am crapping my pants like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I told my dad, I'm like, so dad, um, I, I'm going to do something. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, I'm going to go on a strip. I'm going to start doing a strip club ministry. And he goes, do what? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, he goes, well, what does that mean? So I said, basically what I said to you. And he goes, and I didn't know what to expect, you know, like, yeah. And he goes, oh, Lonnie, be really careful. That's a dangerous, dangerous place. And I said, Dad, I know. But at the same time, do you know that women in the sex industry, and that includes strip clubs, have a 200% chance of dying of a homicide? Wow. Hmm. The chance of, of a person in the strip, of, of, in the sex industry, because we'll go to brothels too, which are like the massage parlors. Uh-huh. Um, and truck stops. We'll be doing truck stops too eventually, but right now we're going to the, the strip clubs. But do you know, normally the death rates for people, and Melissa would probably know this, um, accident is the number one reason that people die. That's right. like right. accidents are number one. Do you know in sex club or sex industry workers that they have a 5% chance of dying of an accident? Wow. 200% chance That's of dying scary. of mm. homicide, Drug overdose, suicide, those are like the top three. Cheat whiz. Yeah. And you know what? I I was I was talking to the Lord and I said, man, I, I was like, Lord, I can't do this. Like I watched the first training video and I literally just I like put the book down. I was just weeping. I'm like, God, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my lane. Like, I didn't crawl out of that pit, you know? Like they'll say, like, he brings you out of a pit so you can go back and rescue more. I'm like, that's not the pit you rescued me from. I'm like, why are you sending me there? And it was like he showed me in my mind's eye, because he does this to me. He shows me things. He, it was like he showed me these girls that are these preacher's girls or these hurt church girls who were used and abused or who got hurt and they turned their back on God. And he said, yeah, but you know what a preacher girl looks like. You know what, you know what those PKs look like and those missionary kids and those church kids, you know what they look like and they're there and there's a mama praying for them and they don't know how to get into that hell hole. But right. my God, I got a way to get some people in there. And you know what? I want to plunder hell. That's what I want to do. Absolutely. I want sure. to make hell pay for the lies and the devastation that it's wrecked on people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what I want to do. I got a little bit of a fighter spirit in me. Absolutely. That's well, good. That's okay. <clears throat> I that thinking outside the box I think is is uh crucial for yeah. for uh you know spreading the you know, the great commission. We I mean we're Well, in the last in the last year I have gone to this was fun. Um going to Ball State University. And I just stand on the corner and give mom hugs. I have a big poster and, and I had this one girl and she was very identity, identity confused. I'll just mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. And she was like standing, she's looking at me <laughs> and she was like, and Luke goes with me. Luke is my bouncer. You know, he stands there and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, and he'll take pictures, you know, if you want to take pictures or whatever, but like, he's, he's, he's always there. I don't go alone. And, um, but I'll stand on the, it's, it's the quad. It's like, 
this it's the busiest intersection of ball state and i stand there and i watch humanity man oh my gosh mm-hmm. you just watch every 45 minutes two to 300 400 500 people crisscross in front of you and it's crazy at the most i gave over 100 hugs away one day oh wow oh yeah wow. but this girl's looking at me and she walks up and she goes She's just glaring at me, kind of very skeptical. And I was like, and I just looked at her and I said, I said, do you want to hug? And she goes, no, I have a question. I was like, all right, I got answers. And, and now I'm going to tell you when I say undercover, I do not, I don't, I ask the Holy Spirit to completely bathe me in his spirit and his anointing and let the Lord shine through me. But I don't wear anything that says, oh, Jesus loves you. I don't I don't put Jesus on a big display like billboards and stuff like I don't do that because I want to be the you know, like I want them to be drawn to whatever that is in me. Sure. Like, what is that? Um, so this girl's looking, I got questions. I said, OK, she goes, why are you doing this? And I said, oh, I said, I'm glad you asked. I said, you know, I said, because I feel like everyone needs to know that they are important, that they are seen, that they are heard, and that they are needed. And I actually think I didn't say they, I said you, because I was talking to her. (laughs) And I'm like, you're seen, you're heard, you're needed, and you're loved. And I just want people to know that. I said, because I think we forget that sometimes. And she goes, okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Aww, okay. Yeah. I said, now do you want a hug? And she goes, yeah, I'll take a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually got to give a shoot. He was probably six foot nine. Big boy. Drag queen. Bad drag queen. It was not a good drag queen. It was like, oh boy, you forgot to shave your chest and your face today. Yep. Didn't you? Yep. <laughs> like, and he like had been walking around and he had this big sign and I honestly felt like he was maybe being trafficked because there were people that I was watching and I felt like they were his handlers because he was not a student. And he had this sign, something about drinks or cocktails or something, I don't even know. And he kept like going to all of the other sites, but he would not come to my corner. So he's going to all these other corners and he's getting closer and closer. And finally, all of a sudden he's like right beside, like he's coming at me. And I just looked at him and I just grinned. And I just say, Lord, let me smile with your smile. I want them just to see you, not me. This is you. And so, um, and I also ask that anyone I get my hands on, I'm like, Lord, cover me in your anointing so that when I hug them, your anointing smears all over them. They have no idea why they feel the way they do. It's so cool. And so this big old dude comes walking over and he's like, looking at me like this. He's like real shy. And I, I go, I said, do you want a hug? And he goes, yeah. And I gave him a big old hug and I made sure I put some extra oomph into it. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. He's yep. a handsome fella. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so that was like, I have gotten to hug. Oh my gosh. And, and one girl, she came up to me. She was so depressed. She could just feel it on her. Oh my goodness. Have you ever been around people like that? Oh yeah. With that heaviness, it hits you and you're like, Whoa, man. Sucks the energy out of you almost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She came up. And I gave her a hug. And when I hugged her, I was just like, in my mind, I'm like, Lord, just smear her. And she walked away. And Luke goes, Yvonne, look at her. And she was dancing at the corner, waiting for the crosswalk to happen. And she was like dancing. She's like, like like a personality transplant had happened. And I was like, 
that's the anointing right there. She doesn't even know why she's happy, but suddenly she's in a much better mood. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems to me like what you're, what you're doing here, Jesus said for us to go out. You yeah. Know, go. Not sit yeah. and wait on him to come in. Right. And, and or I, I wait could, on somebody to give you a church so you can preach in exactly it. Exactly right. Go I, into all the world and preach the gospel yep. as yeah. you go. Yes. Preach the gospel. My life should preach the gospel. Your life should mm-hmm. preach the gospel. You shouldn't have to use words. Francis of Assisi said that. He said, preach the gospel often, and if necessary, use words. Uh (laughs) One of my favorite quotes. I can remember at the Forest Festival that time, Miss. Mm. And, of course, being raised CHM, um, playing music in any place that that served alcohol or was a bar was a strict no-no. Right. No matter what your reasoning was. Right. And uh, even... Just secular music in general. Like if you weren't, yep. I mean, you might, some of them, depending on who they were, you might slip by if you were Southern gospel. I mean, we're going to yeah. give you some extra prayers and look at you a little crossways. Right. But, you know, country music was another. At least it's good entertainment. Yes. We know they're not Christians, but yeah. at least it's good entertainment. Yeah. But uh, being a Christian and, and using country music to spread the gospel was absolutely unheard mm-hmm. of and unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember yep. uh, we went to the Forest Festival down in Elkins, West Virginia, and Chris Cagle was there. He was the headliner that night. Yes. But oh, cool. there was a group called the Henningsons. Yes. And they were kind of a one-hit wonder. They had American Beautiful. Yes. Uh, real good song. And it was a, uh, a brother and sister and their dad. A right. Trio. Oh, wow. And uh, they come out, you know, sung the stuff. Had, had some really, really good song. You know, full band, just flat-out country act. And then about halfway yeah. through that show, they started telling the crowd about Jesus. Yes. And wow. uh, they said, we're getting ready to sing yes. a song for you. And it was a song, uh, you know, uh, like a... Religious song, Christian song. Yeah. The example that they used was um, they were very broke and they were oh, yeah. praying for money. So we've prayed money in to pay bills. Yeah. You know, he's been here for us all of a sudden. Yep. You know? yep. And he testified to that entire crowd. Yeah. And I remember sitting there being like, wait a minute. You think, and, and a lot of times when you're in church, you're sometimes literally and figuratively preaching to the choir. Right. You are. But yeah. what they were doing, that's, I'm like, wait a minute. These guys are out here. This is kind of like the front lines. And yes. what you're doing, same thing. It's like this is yeah. taking it out to where it needs to go, and it you're going behind enemy lines. Absolutely right. right, and it changed my opinion. You know, even the places I play now. Yeah, uh, I would yeah. have sent myself to hell uh, 15 years ago for yeah. playing in some of the places exactly. I played. But those people need Jesus. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, just like everybody else does. I heard a really good example. It says these people are asking for help, and we are just walking right by them. Yes. Uh, yeah, That's correct. Well, in my training, the strip club ministry training, one of the things she said, she said, "People are not offended at you." They're not offended at Jesus even. She said, what is offended is the demons that are in them. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's what gets offended at them. And so uh, at you, if you start talking about Jesus, the demons are what get offended at you. Because she said, Jesus is the answer for everyone. Every spirit, every soul is crying out for something. And she said, you don't have to convince these sex workers that uh, that, that God is real because they live in hell. They know hell's real, so they know God's real. You have to present him, though. And don't worry about offending them, because you'd only offend their demons, not them. They need to hear it. And I was like, you know, that is true. Sure. Well, even like the And I also know that when I said... Sorry. I'm sorry. The, the Bible example, it says, um, like, they were talking, this says, what are you doing here? You should leave. You know, trying mm-hmm. to get... God to leave the situation because it was offending yeah. the demons that were within the person. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect. Yeah, and I example. think I think also we we talk about the CHM a lot because that's what we know. Yeah, that's we what came we know. Yeah, yes, exactly. But Yvonne, I think I think that there's a bigger epidemic 
of the same thing happening uh, of where uh, all across America, people mm-hmm. have seen when somebody comes up and like, let me tell you about Jesus. Like, you're mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. I don't want to do with you. <sighs> because a lot of times yeah. the Christians in general just paint a horrific picture of Christ, and it's not just Absolutely. a CHM. It's, yep. it's more no, widespread. A lot of religion, they shove mm-hmm. it down your throat. Absolutely. And Again. it doesn't even have to be standards. I'm not even talking about standards. Right. I've been to all kinds of churches. I mean, when we sang Good Night, I think we went to every denomination that just about exists. I mean, we've sung everywhere in all kinds of churches. Big, small, little. I mean, it didn't matter. Religion is gross. Yes. Religion is dead. Religion is a work. That's not it. Um, the thing that I just always can't get away from <laughs> is the verse. It's in Revelation. I don't remember where the address for it, but you can find it. Google's a beautiful thing. People, mm, come mm, on. Yes. Um, I Google stuff all the time because I'm much better at remembering what it says than where it says. Yeah. So, I just know it's the word. Um, but it they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So literally, all you have to do is just share what God has done for you. I don't care if you believe it or not. It's my story. It's my opinion or it's 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 my testimony. You don't get to own it. It's mine. And so I can speak to people that other people can't speak to. I know things about people that other people don't. So we all have, we're all called. You are not, you do not have a special title other than child of God. That's your calling. If you are a child of God, you're called. And even if you are a a lost child of God, you are still a child of God because He made you. Um, so, um, and you're just a pre-Christian. That's all it is. You're just a pre-believer because <laughs> like you just haven't experienced Papa's love yet. So, and that's something that He's really, 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 really like. I felt like I had to talk a lot about that. Is our identity, like whose we are, because that's who matters. His opinion is what matters. <laughs>